0: As we the people descend into vulgarity and violence, we're losing our seat at the table. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your Libertarian Voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And It is Saturday. Tomorrow is Sunday, Father's Day, and I always like to... I go a little deeper on Father's Day, which uh, I always want to go a little deeper, but I like to remember not just our fathers. I like to remember my father. I like to honor my husband, but I like to recognize that there are people in our lives and in our history who are really fathers to us. So there are priests in my family. I like to remember the priests. I like to remember bachelor uncles, and I like uh, the... I like to remember the guys in our history, the young, young soldiers who I always think specifically about Normandy, who died on the beaches of Normandy. And I think about them because, uh, you know, they didn't have a chance to be fathers. But and I am always an advocate for or a, a harsh critic of any kind of unjust war i always scrutinize wars closely but these young men who go out and fight in their idealistic way they do do it for our future as you know a father would do and and oftentimes they don't live to have their own progeny which is a real tragedy because you have these the strongest the healthiest the bravest the best who die without issue and, and if you look at the extreme like in china The Great Leap Forward, 100 million people died. Many of them were those who would not kowtow to communism and actually had a profound effect on the society. So losing the best of us has a real effect. But also just as individuals, there's nobody there with that picture on the mantle that says that was dad. That was grandpa. Let's remember his sacrifice. So I try to remember those guys. Um, and I know that's a sobering thought, perhaps better for Memorial Day. I remember them also on Memorial Day, but i like to remember them on Father's Day. And uh, and to counteract, perhaps, the sobering element, I do want you to have a good time. And I have a, uh, on holidays, I try to post a, a a craft cocktail. I love to make craft cocktails. So I picked a craft cocktail for Father's Day. I kind of improve upon them it 's a saladito it 's a mezcal based smoky, spicy, kind of masculine drink. You can toast those uh, boys who are our uh, our national fathers and our own fathers that 's something you can find on my website Prop- propagandareportdaily dot com so that hope you have a great weekend for the week that we 've got some of course always this heightened emotional uh, you know negativity in the news, of course it 's never going to be positive i 'll have to figure that out someday too it 's always the negative stuff that gets our attention but this week the the sensational news was the shooting at the congressional baseball practice, and i that it was weird because I had just I had already started the day before a post that I wanted to write of a trend that I had noticed not your it, it, I had noticed this trend a long time ago. This vulgarity, I actually flagged it when I heard Vicente Fox use vulgarity against Trump in a live broadcast, or I heard the reports of it, and that was some months after the Megyn Kelly thing where uh, Trump said she was bleeding out her whatever, which he had also said about Chris Wallace in that same interview, but nobody picked up on it. They just emphasized this really... uh, you know vulgar interpretation of it which i thought was kind of groundbreaking in the mainstream media as was the vicente fox thing i flagged it at the time and then shortly thereafter cnn quoted without bleeping it out a couple of profanities the wall street journal published similarly a quote with a gratuitous profanity in it without comment and and i just i noticed that this was a, a major shift in how the media was incorporating, and the politicians and stuff were were accessing profanity, and I flagged it, tweeted about it. Then it was only months after that, uh, maybe even a year after that, that Tom Perez, the DNC chair, came out and used profanity. Senator Gillibrand, this you know uh, upstanding woman should be a a, a, uh, a respectable figure, was addressing a, a, an audience and used. Profanity towards Trump and then commented, uh, Oh, I'm told you're a young crowd, so that's okay. There were so many things wrong with that, and that she doesn't understand that it's that's the reason it's not okay, and that she should not, you know, who was she talking to ahead of time that she has like planned this out? So it all smacked of planning. And uh, but I also thought it was going to escalate. I saw that Jan Forte, uh, Congress, Congressional race where he pushed or supposedly pushed a journalist. And then I uh, noticed that there was an episode in Texas where legislators uh, shoved each other or something like that. And I thought, oh, my gosh, everything clicked into place for me. It reminded me of a scene I had seen out of the Ukraine parliament where the guys actually went to blows, actually had a brawl in parliament. And I remember thinking, wow, they really take their politics seriously, only To snap out of it and say, actually, that's not taking your politics seriously, that by allowing this descent into, you know, what I call animalizing us, this animal uh, element, they're actually neutering our ability to participate. And I saw it as an extension or like a major kind of once a century escalation of what I saw from 100 years ago, this this. John Dewey was a kind of a philosopher and, and um, educational thinker a hundred years ago, took out out of classical education. Classical education was grammar where you learn stuff, logic where you develop critical thinking. And then the third step, which is now gone for us, it's still in the elite schools in D.C., but it's gone for public education and you know Catholic diocesan education, is that third stage, that high school stage where you learn rhetoric, where you learn persuasion, where you learn – Really what in the Roman times was called the liberal arts because they had Greek slaves, smart Greek slaves who were like their accountants and stuff, but they weren't allowed to learn these ways of persuasion. They weren't allowed to learn civics. They didn't want them to uh, get unruly and want to say in government. So they they excised that kind of – they made sure that the slaves didn't get the liberal arts. And that's what I feel like that the change in education was, and I feel like this – And it has dumbed us down. There are books written about it, dumbing us down, uh, the deliberate dumbing down of America. And it's been very effective. We lose the ability to really understand the critical analysis of the policy debates. But this, like descent into emotionalism, into these base instincts, uh, there are so many negative implications of that for a representative government like we have that we are really, I think, losing our seat at the table because of that uh so i i I saw the pattern. I also see another thing where they everybody on the left is blaming everybody on the right, or I shouldn't say everybody, but the left there's i knew I saw as this thing emerged that Trump would be blamed as having lowered the bar of civil discourse. So, of course, the left does blame Trump, but the right blames the left for rioting at universities, and now the shooting came from the left against Republicans. So both sides get to blame the other. I, of course, think, you know, if you know my show, you know, I think it's a plot, you know, from the very highest levels that they are trying to shape society to be more controlled or or less accessible by the people. Maybe it's an answer to this big new Brzezinski's crisis of democracy that I've talked about. But I want to know what you think. What do you think? Uh, is it from the left? Is it from the right? Who do you blame for this? 404 872 1-800-WSB-TALK. And uh, my Twitter handle is at Monica Perez Show You can tweet me. My producer Binkley is here. Do we have time for a couple of tweets there, Binkley? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I can hear you.
1: Can you hear me now? Yeah, we we have time for a tweet. Yep, go. AES says it's both the left and the right's fault. The U.S. is now a fascist country where you are forced to elect the lesser of two evils.
0: Well, that does play into that's – a, that's a big one. That's a big thought for a minute left. Um, that plays into this idea that you're always fighting. Um, you're just voting for what you don't want. Actually, there's a lot to that, and so I'm going to – Wait till after the break, and then we can get into uh, how I think this is playing into what our right into DC's hands, right into DC's hands. A lot of implications. Let's get to that after the break. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk. This is Monica Perez.
2: Monica Perez on News ninety five five at AM seven fifty WSB.
0: We uh, are talking about the. The broader implications of our descent into vulgarity and violence. It's 85 degrees outside of the studio a 10 on the Mellish Meter. Weekend Weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air, and you can call me at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Andy and Tucker. Hi, Andy. You're on with Monica.
3: Hi there. Uh, okay, so you were talking at the beginning about, it was about the wars, and then that triggered me to want to call, but now the topic, the topic being the, uh, the left versus right, right before yep. the break. I think yeah. The topic. yeah, that, uh, my mom, for example, <clears throat> will get on Facebook, she's, she's no longer, I, I removed her, unfriended her or whatever, but, uh, she'll get on there and, uh, put these just like infantile, she's about 65 now, and she'll put on these like infantile, you know, about Trump, like resist Trump, and basically that's the theme there. Yeah. And People of on the other of the other mindset, the opposing mindset, are trying to react to that using logic and everything, <laughs> and, and 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 then and then based on that, then the uh, the uh, uh, the leftist, if you will, person then gets more bent out of shape and it seems to encourage even more outrageous and uh, infantile behavior. So basically, I think it's, it's it's not about coherent political thinking. It's just about people's approach toward living, you know.
0: Do you think that the left or the right is more, are you saying that the anti-Trump faction is more incoherent and infantile That, in your observation?
3: Uh, it seems to be the case.
0: Yeah, which we kind of, and this is the thing, is that, I think Trump was the – now I'm really down the rabbit hole. So I think Trump was the establishment answer to the Tea Party and the liberty movement and the really rational, idealistic stuff. And it disappointed me when he would say just rude things, insulting people, and and his supporters would kind of misinterpret that as just being un-PC, a breath of fresh air. I get that. I don't like the PC stuff. It really stifles uh, discussion, But right. I feel like Trump, as the hero of that rational right, it really does them a disservice. Like he makes, you know, it's a little bit deep, but I feel like I, I, I it's maybe subtle, but I feel like the establishment wanted to get rid of this resurgent, idealistic, super American founding grassroots movement that was coming up on the right. And so they themselves allowed Trump to kind of cheapen it. I wish I could give you a chance to answer, but I have to go to a break. I'm super sorry, Andy. Um, But anyone is welcome to respond to that 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. More calls after the break, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show.
2: Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
0: I am your libertarian voice on WSB, Saturdays from 3 to 6. We are talking about uh, the congressional baseball practice shooting, which is the kind of punctuation mark, the climax of this descent into vulgarity and violence that I watched anticipated talked about flagged um so to me this is part of a pattern i do not think that it is organic that it emerged from our state of agitation i think that it's uh been we were deliberately directed to go this way um from the top but i i feel like one thing i said maybe a year ago Maybe it's in January that one of the one of my what to watch out for for 2017. I think it was 2017 was for attacks on the First Amendment, and the First Amendment. There's a lot in the First Amendment, including free speech. So I look at uh, when they talk about well, we can't we have to control extremism. They started with radical Islam, but they're going to go to radical politics too, and you're going to see a lot of censorship in social media. If they can't get you that way, I think that. Like the Bill Cosby, um, they put Bill Cosby on trial, regardless of the crimes he committed. Because Michael Jackson committed, you know, supposedly committed crimes too, but Bill Cosby used his position of power and exercised his free speech to to say things that were against the narrative. And there are many other examples of that, where your free speech, uh, you know, exercising your free speech, they can't put you in jail for that, but they can find other things. But this congressional shooting, and I also – I feel like that – one of the things in the First Amendment that that will be used to attack or curtail is our right to petition and assemble the government. And not only is our emotionalism that we're being agitated towards neutralizing our ability to be effective in the political arena, I think – The actual mechanisms, this stuff will be used as an excuse to to legally close down or, you know, to use policy to close down some of these mechanisms. So I worry about that. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of blame going back and forth. I worry a little bit about that, too, like why. Um, maybe it's just they are trying to blame the other side. Keep making it a left-right, you know, us versus us instead of us versus them theme. That worries me. Uh, I am curious to know what you think is behind this, what the implications are. It's a, it's a really important event. Not You know, I usually I dismiss a lot of stuff as false flags, but... Regardless of the origin of this event, I think it has really serious implications for our uh, ability to have a representative government. 404 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Binkley, my producer's here. I, I know you read a tweet earlier that I kind of didn't have time to answer because we came up against a break. Would you mind rereading that tweet?
1: Yeah, AES tweeted that. Both sides are responsible the u s is now a fascist country where you are forced to elect the lesser of two evils
0: okay so uh i do I do feel like we are this this awful nexus of <laughs> a combination of fascism and socialism. i won 't get into the ideology, but this idea of being concerned about like what you hate or the lesser of two evils, I think that 's what it 's gone down to It's only. It, it, it's all comes from hate. And there was a, a an article I read from The Hill where Roger Williams, a representative from Texas who sprained his ankle during this shooting event, said uh, it, what we're saying is if you are for it, I'm against it. That doesn't work. Uh, uh, not all the people here, but just around the country say if President Trump is for it, then I'm against it. If President Obama is for it, I'm against it. Uh, I mean, let's take a look at the situation. That's the way we live our lives. And that is true. And I invented a, an expression called uh, the perverse law of democracy in that you get the opposite kind of of what you what you want, that if your guy you get so emotional about it, that if your guy wants something, tells you to like it, you'll do it just out of hatred for the other side. And that's the way that you get kind of the opposite of what you wanted. So Obama dropped 20,000 bombs on Syria because he silenced the anti-war left. And I feel like we're going to get a trillion-dollar infrastructure program that we don't need or want and increase the debt by a trillion dollars because uh, the Republican, Trump, is advocating for that. Whereas if a Democrat did it, it would be dead in the water. And uh, and that's how I feel like this emotionalism, this extreme partisanship – isn't really ideological partisanship. It's personality partisanship. And and we are, you know, that's just another way we're losing our grip on this being a representative government. That's a lot. So hopefully as we discuss this stuff going through the show, we can tease out the nuances and you're gonna help me with that. Here's my number four oh four eight seven two zero seven fifty or one eight hundred WSB Talk and also uh Twitter at Monica Perez show. I'm going to Joan in Atlanta. Joan you are on with Monica. Hi
4: Monica. I'm just gonna try and make this short because I don't have time to really elaborate. But I do uh believe I mean I do agree with you um, I just think it, it's a part of the, the, the rule and, and where it's going. Because if you study all the countries, societies that gave in to socialism, totalitarian rule, they always undermine any of the citizens who have patriotism, religion, political views, you know, and they pit you against each other. And it's the people who lose all objectivity. And they often will, will, will party against party, this group against that group. And it's the dumbing down that helps make them uh, more effective in this area with many of our citizens. This is just what I think. And it's the propaganda that people look into because we have so much uh, access to information. There's no reason why the average American shouldn't know about the history of socialism and all of that. And the manipulation that leads to what we see is, is them to hate our society, to hate each other, so that, again, They can create order out of chaos, and that's why you see the destruction of civility with the vulgarity, and
0: uh, it's just playing it out, playing itself out before us. Joan, that was awesome. Uh, I know you don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to... uh, You did not make it simpler for us, but you did make it more um, nuanced. You bring out some of the deeper thoughts there, and I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I... one of the things that you are talking about – Binkley and I do a podcast on PropagandaReportDaily.com, and we were talking about this this week on our podcast, about how the emotionalism keeps us from being able to employ critical thinking. So the emotionalism does that, what I talked about in the first half hour of the show today – uh, this deliberate dumbing down, the actual keeping us from understanding how to reason, from recognizing logical fallacies. And something I think you might be touching on a little bit, Joan, is uh, that, that another thing, not just being in a heightened sense of emotionalism, the propaganda, the tone, but this idea of crowds and power, which which – in the beginning of your call you were touching on like this methods of fascism and socialism similarly i'm sure but you saw it a lot with like it's highlighted with hitler that his ability to manipulate a crowd that and and that crowds actually keep you from being able to reason so binkley sent me a book uh by gustave Bon called the power what is it called binkley power crowds, Power crowds yeah yeah so – and it talks about how you cannot – like there, this was from 100 years ago, and there are studies done since then, and there are other books like this, where you simply – it's how you get people to kill each other in mobs, you know, to beat up somebody, stuff that you would never do on your own, that even just stepping back from the situation, you can't believe you did it, you get caught up in a mob, and uh, you are, are influenced by – I don't even know if you want to call it groupthink because there's not much thinking – but uh
1: herd mentality
0: herd mentality exactly thank you that's and that's a very powerful you know that is part of what's going on here but i think there are a lot of psychological factors going into this a lot of actual um different tactics being used and i think they're going to make a lot out of it agenda wise from censorship to control to police state to totalitarianism to just ticking off each of the bill of rights one after the other and the bill of rights every one of them if you look is about restraining government so it's all about so so if we go out and uh, if people on the right look at this and are willing to accept curtailment of the rights because they're afraid of the left, these crazy shooter at the congressional, whatever. It's the right that really suffers the most because the left, the nature of it, embraces and respects big government. They trust it. The right does not. So the Bill of Rights in restraint of government is really an individualistic, American, traditional, conservative idea the people on the right are the ones who need those rights the most maybe so i'm going to get some pushback on that that's okay but don't fall for it when when it comes at the right from the left i think that's a trap for the right so we are way i don't, I don't know if this is an onion peeled or we're in a rabbit hole i don't know i'm gonna to try to get out of it for a second and talk to dave and tucker hi dave you're on with monica
5: hi uh, as you mentioned uh in your previous shows you don't really have that big of a historical background uh but just to give you one little i
0: would maybe just say i am a autodidact i do not have formal historical training but i'm interested in what you have to say
5: well just uh uh, to touch on one uh case of vulgarity in uh civil and political discourse when andrew jackson was running for president uh, his wife, he, there was a Mexican divorce involved because divorce was much more restricted back then than it is now. And his opponents basically called him a bigamist and his wife a prostitute. So, uh, I think what we're really looking at is when mass media, other than newspapers, broke out, uh, in, starting in the 20s and 30s, we started having government regulation and it lasted roughly from the 30s through the 60s, the Hayes Commission in particular uh, controlling uh, American film production, um, and we also had regulations for radio and television standards and whatnot. And I think that's what we're looking back at is those days as the more civil discourse, and we're actually reverting to what traditionally it is, which is a rather... Vulgar lowest common denominator exchange of emotionalism, um, because what we had was, um, kind of an artificial civility that was enforced and, and, uh, between the Democrats and the Republicans, depending on who it was, puts off those regulations. And now the extremists, due to mass media, the loudest and most, uh, absurd people are getting the most attention. They That's
0: very interesting. And I'll say when you look back at our founding tradition when we do Liberty on the Rocks and we talk about how these guys would pound the table in the tavern and fight for their rights, that was part of this, you know, heated political discourse. And I do believe I don't I don't know I understand the idea of, of censorship and morality laws and that kind of thing. I don't know what kind of impact that had on political discourse. I would think it would allow for political discourse to stay more focused on content, but I feel like the new censorship laws that are coming down won't be about morality and profanity and stuff. They're going to be about content, which is why they call extremist ideas, radical ideas, terrorism. These are all – they're all ideological, and you'll hear that over and over again it's the ideas it's the ideas that are the problems it's the ideology that's super scary when they're focusing on the ideas because it's the ideas that we need to not censor i uh, gotta take a break be back um if you're on hold i will get to your calls 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB-TALK you can tweet at me at monica perez show
2: monica perez on news 955 at a.m. 750 WSB.
0: 88 is the high today, 71 the low overnight. We're talking about uh, our descent into vulgarity and violence. I'm going to Alan and Marietta. Alan, you are on with Monica. Hi there. Hi.
6: I think this all all comes down to people not learning how to behave or taught to behave when they were kids. It's, it's just nothing more than adults having a tantrum tantrum. And, you know, if you'd taken care of this at a young age, you really wouldn't have this. I had a nephew come over one time with his mom, and he threw a tantrum tantrum because he wanted dessert before dinner. And he finally said, well, just give him a piece. I said, i got a better idea. I took the dessert, threw it in the trash can while he stood there, and I said, if you keep acting badly, you won't even eat tonight. It was amazing the change it made in him. He no longer threw tantrum tantrums at my
0: house. You know what I noticed, I observed, is... Uh Uh, Correlated with that, I found that when when both parents work a lot and don't have a lot of this whole idea of like quality time versus quantity time, they go hunker down to have this quality time with their kids and what they end up doing actually – in my observation is spoiling them sometimes. And then you have, you know, no pushback, no uh tough love. And I always I always say to my kids, When you grow up, you might hate me, but you're not gonna hate you. And that's where I think the, that, that discipline, it's a sacrifice you have to make to discipline your kids that way and demand behavior, but its you have to do it. I think there's something to that, Alan. Thank you. I've got some great calls coming up. Please hang on. Uh, James think, thinks this congressional thing might have been a false flag. Let's see. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show.
2: This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.
0: This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. So that is what we are on today. Tomorrow is Sunday. It's Father's Day. And I think I have never given my husband his props for uh, on Father's Day. Maybe it's a legacy of my dad who would never get my mother anything for Mother's Day. A woman who bore him nine children based on the theory that she wasn't his mother, I was like, you know, (laughs) my dad was one tough customer. But uh, my husband, I, you know, he was definitely when we got married, my family who have a lot of uh, opinions, didn't know what to make of him. He's kind of hard to read. So when our first child was born, it was really the most uh, in the heart, really the hardest moment of my life up to that point because he was my son was born unexpectedly with down syndrome so for me i had like almost no thoughts i was just descended into a black hole immediately but my husband was sitting behind me and i i i did have one thought squeak through like this guy could have picked any you know i'm sure he had many options of who he wanted to marry everybody does you know maybe but he married me and this is what i Delivered. I was super bummed. And I i was afraid to look at him. I looked at him and he was a little choked up. <laughs> and I I said, you know, I don't know how I even choked out words. I said, you know, what are you thinking? And he said, I couldn't believe it. He said he worked for the Texas Rangers at the time. He said, I was at the baseball game recently and I saw on the Jumbotron a dad with his son, and his son had Down syndrome. And I thought, that's the kind of dad I want to be and now I have the chance I couldn't believe you know for him to say that you know I was really at the bottom the depths of my soul and he's absolutely lived up to that since then he is absolutely he loves it he never was sad about or anything and I couldn't I didn't even have any couldn't get dressed for three days like I was devastated and this guy has always viewed it as an opportunity to be a great dad. And I have to say, having a child with Down syndrome, you think it's all bad, but it has been really absolutely a positive experience for us. So there's my, uh, you know, uh, sometimes you just don't see the real uh, examples close to home of uh, truly fine fatherhood. So happy Father's Day, all of you. I'm sure you all know somebody who is a fine example of fatherhood. So have a good day. Good weekend. Now we go back to the crazy craziness that that we are experiencing in our country, in our body politic right now. The big news of the week was the congressional baseball practice uh, where a shooter managed to get off 60 or 100 shots. Twenty Republican congressmen were there. Uh, you know, makes me scratch my head got some great calls. I'm going to take your calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Uh, We had a call before, though, from David, who pointed out that we have had some very base political discourse in our history, and that it really was marked by a pause during the censorship years. Uh, during when Hollywood was censored and uh, that kind of thing, and that maybe we're just returning to that. But Binkley, Binkley my producer here, and I were talking during the break, and you had a different view. What's your, what was your kind of response to that thought?
1: Well, that kind of vulgarity was political smearing, and that does happen to you know a certain uh, extremes. But you're talking
0: it, about what David's example. In case people yeah. missed it, David's example was was it Andrew Johnson? Was he saying that one of the? Jackson. Oh, Andrew Jackson, really. Uh, that there was – they talked about having – the wife had had a Mexican divorce and they that they, I guess, considered it invalid. So he was a bigamist and she was a prostitute. Yeah. And that was the kind of base – uh, right discourse, and you're saying that that is different from today, where we just have people s- uh, hurling profanities at each other and fists. You know,
1: right? Well, it doesn't. It didn't become. It doesn't usually become a social norm. What's happening today is that the vulgarity is becoming a social norm.
0: So you're talking that that was just mudslinging, yellow journalism kind of stuff. Yes, in that realm, and it wasn't. It, uh, there
1: wasn't an intentional, right. uh, broad, long ranging propaganda campaign that was spreading vulgarity to become a social norm in the masses
0: yes and i will say the censorship thing ended decades ago so the fact that this seems to have happened overnight i mean i flagged it when vicente fox said that thing february 2016 i mean i that was one of my greatest all-time what to watch out for is i have a little hashtag Hashtag WTWOF and I try to. Oh, this is definitely a psyop. You know they would never have done this. we were not going somewhere, and it di- almost always does go somewhere. But this is a biggie. I didn't see it going this far. But yeah, I consider this to be absolutely, uh, if in many cases manufactured, otherwise provoked. But I want to know what you think. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk. I am going to James in Atlanta. Hi, James. You're on with Monica. How are you doing, Monica? Good. How you doing?
7: I'm doing all right. Uh, this thing this thing has a false flag written all over it. I mean, you you expect me to believe that some senior citizen came from Illinois all the way from southern Illinois all the way to Washington, D.C. area, northern Virginia. He has uh, an M16, which he doesn't know how to—a novice with that caliber and, and that gun. Even if he missed, he couldn't miss. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Uh, this thing, this thing doesn't make sense. It's, it's too
0: clean. Um, yeah, and he yeah, went up to it, a couple of Democrats the day before, saying, uh, "We're we're the Republicans." <laughs> you know that was weird I'm, to me. I don't know if you heard that. Like he actually approached other congressmen. And I've been to well, Washington. I've protested. I've tried to get my uh, my two cents into congressmen. They're hard to find.
7: Right. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. There. How would he? How was he able? to find out where they were playing baseball at. Okay, now they're saying he has a list in his pocket of six people that uh, from the Freedom Caucus. Now, if you believe this guy was a lone wolf and he pulled this off by himself, you got to be kidding yourself. This yeah. guy was a fall guy, okay? This was sent, in my opinion, they're getting ready to impeach Trump. They have, I think, Rod Rosenstein, Comey, and you are in cahoots together. This was sent as a message to Trump's strongest supporters in the Senate and the Congress, the Freedom, the, the, the freedom Caucus. Yeah. If you don't go along with us, because we get ready to teach him, if you pose any opposition to us, we're gonna, we're, we're something's gonna happen to you.
0: James, slow down. I got it. I gotta get into this with you i am with you the guy stood behind the dugout and started shooting like that and uh, i i can't i did not actually dig in a lot of times you can get in there and look at the details and they clearly don't make sense and i just thought it was all i even started to investigate the guy who had the homemade video on the floor you know is yeah. uh knowing nathan or something and you know i just was like i don't even believe that
7: <laughs> so right. i mean you know how hard it is to find congressmen so just by dumb totally
0: rock. 20 of them there. And these guys are notorious. Like, I've read many times when you read about the power elite, what like physical cowards they are. That's why they always dodge the draft. I don't know. You know, that's a generalization, but I don't think they're taking any chances. But I, but I want to challenge you on something in that I don't like the Freedom Caucus. Trump has overtly attacked the Freedom Caucus. I think, I don't, I don't think Trump is for real. You think Trump is really this like. yeah. I think uh, Trump is
7: the real deal. I think they are in the process of Trump will be. in. I'm telling you, Trump, they're going to impe- they're going to charge Trump with obstruction of justice. He
0: might. But I and, think and, and that, that he's the, the WWE villain. I think he's you know what I mean? I think he's playing a role wh- whether he knows it or not. I don't think he cares. I think he'll end up not going to jail with a legacy for his children and more money than he started out with.
7: No, they, they don't want him to go to jail. They just no. want they, they want to they want to impeach him, and they also want to create an environment that's saying, well, chaos, where well, everything is going crazy. If Trump wasn't, you know, Democrats are fighting Republicans, he's creating it. They, they want to put it in the public that he's creating chaos, and I believe they tried to – that was a message. Because if they really wanted to take somebody out, they would have used somebody more 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 professional. You know, I, I believe that was a guy that they just got – they set up the story about he's some – Bernie Sanders supporter, yeah. and they set up the whole narrative of that. They got this guy that didn't know his way around to use a weapon, and and you know, and I don't know what they had on him, and told him he had to do it. But I think that was more to send a message to the Republicans: if you don't go along with us and this, because we get ready to impeach Trump, if you don't go along with us, then then. Something's
0: going to happen to you. Well, I do, I do agree with you that this is a fishy story. Uh, the guy's uh, likely a patsy. I agree with that. I I disagree with the purpose of it. Now, I'm beginning to realize there are different layers of this stuff, so there really are people who are fighting it out, two different mobs fighting it out for the corners. But ultimately, above it all, I do feel like, the bigger picture here, the biggest purpose they're going to serve is to really lock down these representatives, that we are going to lose uh, all of our First Amendment rights, basically, as they attack even our ability to petition our the government to assemble effectively politically. I think this is an attack on the system overall. Uh, I want to get to more absolutely um, – Mel, you're up next. Ron, after that, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. And next up, Mel's going to tell us why uh, people are asleep, and we are headed to one-party rule. Can't wait to hear what he has to say. This is Monica Perez.
2: Monica Perez, on News 95.5, at AM 750, WSB.
0: Partly cloudy with isolated storms tomorrow, a high of 88 in the forecast. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Uh, and I am going to Mel and Canton. Mel, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Doing
8: good. My thought on this is we're under one-party rule and people are asleep and cannot see this. It is the WWE. It's a big show. Um, you know, both sides play um, the villain. But the people who are asleep and don't see this, they all report to the one, all the globalists. You know, it's the globalist clothes that they're all trying to get us to, and they want the discourse. Um, they want a civil war. If you've read, uh, read any articles this week online anywhere, everybody's had an article of, are we headed to civil war? which I find very interesting that, you know, once one person starts that article, everybody starts that article. That's interesting. And I want
0: to interrupt you for just a second, and then I'll let you finish. Last year, I was talking about that with this black versus blue thing, Black Lives Matter, the cops, you know, there was all that seemed to be marching us towards civil unrest, and now it's the kind of alt-right, deplorable thing, which I think I might have even flagged that, too. Like, I just I saw this movie... Um, hell or high water, and I said, oh, no, the despised minority is now going to be you no know, the redneck or whatever. I don't know. So I, I see what you're saying. This whole Civil War theme, it comes in different packages, but it keeps coming forward. Keep talking.
8: Right, and and politics, you know, they're pushing people. They're pushing different groups. Um, they want this to happen. They want the discourse. And people are not smart enough to realize that if we stand as a nation, they can't pull this stuff. If they divide us, they can destroy this country. And that's exactly what they want. Yes. And, and, and people who are asleep and just cannot see that. They want the Civil War.
0: Right. And you know what I'm seeing are a couple of themes that that both sides are always pointing to. Last year, it was this federalizing the police. You can't count on your local police. They're racist. We need to have federal police and now both sides you're not hearing it very loudly but i'm hearing it because i'm tuned into it both sides are talking about federal oversight or federal guidance or whatever on elections so that even and nobody talks about this except for me trump passed an executive order signed an executive order looking at how how elections can restore faith in the system not even be real but restore faith in the system. That was an executive order. Look it up. Uh, Very interesting. It is pointing us all to that same centralized control. Uh, I am going to take a break, but then I want to talk to Ron, who wants to know what triggered the trigger man. That's going to be interesting. And Sean, who I think thinks I need or want a tinfoil hat. So I hope you guys stay on. I want to share your thoughts with the audience. 404-872-0750, 800 WSB talk or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show.
2: Monica Perez, on News 95.5, at AM 750, WSB.
0: I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB, every Saturday from 3 to 6. We are talking about the Congressional Baseball Practice Shooting. They're going to have to come up with a better name for that. I think Wiki wants to call it the Alexandria Shooting. And I think normally I look at these events as kind of what you see is what you get, that they not so much that it's just exactly what they tell you the official narrative is, but more like launched, I would say, by Trump's uh, inaugural speech of his campaign in 2015, where he said that some of the immigrants are rapists and some of them are nice people. I feel like that's when, uh, and like Megyn Kelly, when she was in the debate with him saying he called Rosie a fat pig or something like that. Uh, and and then it went on from there, and I saw this pattern emerging. I knew that Trump would be re- blamed for it, even though the media, especially CNN, I noticed, really indulged it. And uh, I remember those Project Veritas videos from James O'Keefe that CNN played them uncensored and they had profanity in it. And they uh, CNN interviewed some gal at a protest uh, during the campaign and let her use profanity and didn't bleep it out. And I know they can if they want to. The Wall Street Journal actually printed an article where they quoted someone who used profanity. They didn't comment on it or anything. They just printed a profanity. It was weird. So I noticed that this was coming and my, you know, one of the big picture goals of this, in my opinion, is to really reduce our level of discourse that these, this is just, you know, there are people out there in power or who influence institutions and the media and stuff who are, have these social engineering concepts and some of them are just a base like Zbigniew Brzezinski wrote a book or commissioned a book for the Trilateral Commission called The Crisis of Democracy, and it said, how do we kind of neutralize people's power? We can't really tolerate these protests. We need to make sure everybody belongs to an institution on which their livelihood depends, a union, uh, a university, a corporation, where they really don't have a say, but they're going to go along because that's how they're, where their bread is buttered. I find this to be a similar phenomenon where w- w- in this particular case, it's going they can use this as an excuse to lock those guys down. Even when Trump talks about the media, I'm not even going to have press conferences anymore. That's cute because, you know, he has this battle with them. But when it's you know for the next hundred years, when we have no access whatsoever to these super powerful people in our government because he set a precedent to lock it down. That I think is it has to be read in that bigger picture, and i don't know where he gets these ideas and why he says these things, but I feel like it is part of this uh um, a deliberate systematic uh project operation that they are animalizing us, taking dumbing us down to like a new low and that it's significant. So I want to know what you think. I'm sure that's controversial. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I am going to go to Ron and Canton. Hi, Ron. You're on with Monica.
7: Hello, Monica. Hi, Ron. Yeah, my, my big problem with this shooting is the shooter itself. He's 66 years old. I'm 65 years old. I know who I am. I don't have to listen to a talking head on the news or the radio to know what I think about anything. You know,
0: I mean, yeah, I completely get you. Yes, I think that's an interesting point. Like where this guy, I remember that. Uh, you no, know, that happens to me a lot younger than I'm not in my sixties, and I'm already. I'm just being a mom has done that to me. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know what? I can think this through. That's why I was disgusted at Senator Gillibrand. She got up and was making a speech, and she used the F word against Trump a couple of times. And then she said, Oh, you're a younger crowd. I'm told it's okay. And I'm like, Really? You need somebody to tell you what you can and can't say. And you think it's okay, like somebody tells you what to say. That it's a younger crowd that it's okay for you to then be this example, this profane, undignified uh model for them, no, and it just it seems completely out of place, and yeah, I think a mature adult is not a snowflake triggered by whatever. Good point.
7: Well, this guy's sixty-six. He's no snowflakes, that's for sure.
0: That's what I'm saying. But he's but his behavior, his he's acting like a snowflake. Although we had that caller earlier who said he defriended his mom on Facebook because of her infantile anti-Trump
7: post. Oh, and one other caller brought up the fact: like, where did they even know where the con- congressional people were? Yes, it was in the New York Times.
0: <gasps> really? Yeah. See, that's I remember I'm from Rockland County, New York, and there was a time a couple of years ago when the Journal News, which was the local newspaper, published the gun registry. So it said the names and addresses of everybody who had a gun. And then there was the spate of robberies because people wanted those guns. And can you imagine? It's really inviting trouble. You, If everybody's robbing the people with the guns, something's you know, what could possibly go wrong. You know, like it's just kind of irresponsible of them. And it's I so, think, yeah. I,
7: I I don't see how they could even think that would be a good idea.
0: Why even do it?
7: Yeah, exactly. Unless you're trying to stir up trouble.
0: I think they're trying to stir up trouble. That sounds right to me. I want to thank you so much for the call, Ron. I want Binkley, my producer here, you've got some thoughts on this, I know. One is you thought maybe Indivisible – Indivisible is an organization that is trying to recreate the Tea Party. But the Tea Party, when I witnessed its inception and my mom was in it and I marched as a Ron Paul supporter uh, against – Obamacare with those guys kind of shoulder to shoulder, not like in the same bus, but (laughs) libertarians don't take bus, (laughs) group bus tours of D.C. to protest. We all kind of (laughs) straggle in on our own. But um, so Indivisible like sends out kind of flyers, bulletins, your talking points when you call your congressman. They really they set people up for this, right?
1: They give people word for word scripts. They tell them where and how to contact and, and basically provoke their congressman on a weekly basis contact your congressman here's how to do it locally they they tell them everything to do what to say
0: and didn't you say um i thought a couple of things that you were telling me about you're my you're my guy on the ossoff election that you really have dug so deep i mean some of the stuff you've come up with about uh the deep state ties of ossoff's father like actually worries me like you know you don't want to be the only guy saying stuff but the people can listen to our propaganda report podcasts on com. But you were saying that uh was it who you said that there was an absolutely like Charlie Hebdo level profane obscene picture being uh Against Karen Handel being circulated. What's the story there?
1: Yeah, I think it was last week, and it was in a neighborhood in Roswell. Like 400 homes got flyers that depicted Karen Handel in a sex act with Donald Trump. Oh my gosh.
0: And this guy said, Are we even, see, I don't even know if we're allowed to say the seven words that we're not allowed to say anymore, like George Carlin's seven yeah. words. When I started on the radio, they were like, Yeah, just watch that. George Carlin skit, like those are, the, those are the words you're not allowed to yeah. say. I'm like, really? That seems a little haphazard. But this guy, weren't you saying that this shooter said the B word called Karen Handel? Yeah. The Republican he B? He posted
1: about her, and he called her that, Republican B, and he said, you know, she wants people to work for slave wages. <laughs> Vote blue. It's right for you.
0: Yeah, and she's so a he member puts of Indivisible. This catchy slogan in. Uh, anyway, all right, so very interesting back stuff. Thank you. I want to get to Sean in Litho- Lithonia. Hey, Sean, you're on with Monica.
9: Hey, Monica, how are you doing? Good, how are you doing? I'm um, well, thank you for asking. Um, I really wasn't necessarily saying you needed a tinfoil hat, uh, really, unless you believe most of the stuff that that guy was saying. But uh, I've listened to you quite a few times before, and you've always seemed to be a level headed individual, so I don't necessarily think. That uh, you need the tinfoil hat, but that that guy, the first guy, James. Let me preface my statement that I didn't listen to three o'clock hour. I just got in the truck, but uh, no, I wasn't I, talking
0: I, about the false flag. I, I'm open to it, but I was not. Uh, James was talking about it.
9: Okay, but this guy, I mean, he's full on uh, tinfoil hat. I mean, because I mean, how, all these things that he's trying to say are that, that's just full on conspiracy theory. I mean, so because, but
0: but do you think that there aren't people behind the scenes who use their money and power to do stuff that they that that Fox News and CNN do not report on? Like, Don't you think, well, is it that they draw the line on events? Uh, I do,
9: but I think yeah. people are like that's something new, though. That's something that's been going on. I mean, if you go back, I'm a student of history. I have a degree in history. And if you go back even to Lincoln, that's... That was, I just that's thought history. Lincoln! That's why Lincoln uh, was killed, because uh, of, of what he was trying to do to the South. Yes, that, and the yes, to be back then who are supposedly uh the ancestors of the same powers to be now.
0: But like, yes, was it not Sean? I, I have to chime in. John Wilkes Booth, right, was the guy who supposedly killed Lincoln. And yeah. uh isn't Claire Booth loose? Wasn't she the of the time? time magazine family and i believe it's the same family
9: uh, i believe you're
0: right yeah I mean, interesting so dude you're is, you're saying that that conspiracy theories go too far when when i mean they have they've been doing it for 150 years they have to be getting super great at it and it's the media and the politics together
9: i mean but if, you, they're if, guns. You, if you really want to look at if you want to look at everything that bad and anything that good that has happened in the united states since, let's just say since uh, reformation, where, where we reformed after the Civil War. Um, if you look at it, you can always find.
0: Talk about... What, no, Sean? I, I missed you. you. Something happened. Did you get another call? You got completely bleeped out. You have like ten seconds to say that again.
9: I'm sorry. No, I mean, if you if you look at everything, I, like I said, I'm a student of history. If you look back at everything good and everything bad that has happened in the United States since we reformed after the Civil War, yeah. Somebody is linked to these 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 ten or twenty families that they talk about.
0: Dude, bring it! I love what you're saying. I cannot believe that that, that you would, um, you know, reject the conspiracy theory. Ideas. I mean, I don't reject it, but I mean, it's just it. it, it I, don't, I don't. You can't jump that to that police conclusion police with everything.
3: Okay.
9: I don't believe Steve Scalise shot himself just so he could. Uh, or, or somebody <laughs> shot Steve Scal- Scalise yeah. just to, because he's a friend of Trump. If they were going to do that, they should just take out Trump. That's the that's the person that's, that's causing them all the problems.
0: Yeah, I do disagree, although I was talking to Binkley at the break, and he thinks it's completely reasonable. But I don't think that that's James's interpretation of what was really going on is true. But I do wonder how this guy got there. I, I just It's not—I don't believe the story— Hundred percent, what you see is what you get. I am not there, but uh, but I'm more interested in the bigger picture. Anyway, the tactics I think are a diversion. It gets people to like look at the truthy stuff, and it keeps you from looking at the big picture. And really, the big picture to me right now is ticking off one by one our Bill of Rights. It's getting rid of all of the of our guarantees against uh, a uh, a tyrannical government. That's what I'm worried about. Uh, lots more calls after break. Thank you, Sean. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show.
2: Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
0: 85 outside the studio. Skies are mostly sunny. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And we are talking about this congressional baseball shooting. And I'm going to Robert in Atlanta. Robert, you're on with Monica.
7: Why, thank you. Can you hear me?
6: I
0: sure can. What you got? All right,
7: very good. Well, my, my thought that when, I believe the gentleman's name was Ron, was saying he was 66 and that he's able to think for himself. I, I'm 65, and there are so many people our age that are, they have blinders on, and they're, they're unable to think for themselves. So his, when he made the comment that all of us that are this age can think for themselves, he needs to look at his neighbors because they're, they, these people are just—they're not able to do anything without somebody guiding them, and that's—it the, stirred me up when he when he was saying, "Yeah, All it's of this us that are at this point are yeah, able." Yeah,
0: that's to think. a good point, and I've noticed that. Like I, I noticed it particularly when my mind broke free from some baloney I, I learned my whole life in education and being educated. About sociology and psychology, particularly, where they almost serve to disconnect your thoughts from the experience of your day-to-day life. It's like, I remember my father would teach me, you don't want to have welfare, because if people can get welfare, they don't want to work. But then sociology or psychology will teach you, no, no, they have a sense of pride, and they, they will work anyway. And you're like, really? Okay, I guess, but it seems like you would just not work. So I noticed that uh, that the, that kind of stuff will disconnect you from being able to just think through what you see in front of you. So sorry I had such a short segment. Super sorry, Robert. i got to take a break, but I'll get, come right back, and we can keep talking about it. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Please
10: take my hand. Now
6: open your mind to me. Please your
0: mind Open, your mind. Open your mind. This is Monica Perez your Libertarian Voice on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6 and tomorrow is Father's Day I want to wish everybody a happy Father's Day uh, I want to Point out that if you listen to my show, you know, I really feel, seem very devoid of hope. But my, my hopelessness is almost always like profoundly cultural. It's not even about the government. It's about just forgetting of what the nobility of man is, forgetting who we are as like what separates us from the animals. That's why what happened in the news this week makes me so upset because I feel like they are animalizing us. But there is one thing are two things that really will bring tears to my eyes for the hope it gives me. And one is Little League or NYO, the, baseball. And the other is Boy Scouts, a really good troop, where the kids go camping. They really have to understand how to do stuff. In baseball, it's consequences. You play well, you win, you don't, you don't. And in both of those cases, they are... they are examples for me. They kind of force my husband to participate. And I see the other dads. I see dads and boys on the field. I see dads and boys hiking in their gear. And it just reminds me of how, you know, I'm such a talker. I never stop talking. And I'm such a female. Like, there's just, that's just what I am. And there's something about that quiet demonstration, that quiet example of what it means to be, yeah, you know, I'm going to say what it means to be a man, but really, you know, women are noble too. What it is to be, uh, you know, what what it is to ha- to develop that nobility, to rise above, to work for goals that may be a little bit distant, and also to be there for your son. So I just love that. I love, and it may, it reminds me of how important dads are, and I love it to see sometimes dads going out of their way for boys who have maybe a single mom. I just, that kind of stuff, really, like, I just fall apart, you know? I just hope, so you know, I, I know there are a lot of guys like that. I see it in Atlanta a lot where people will step out for those other boys. So happy Father's Day to all of you. Catch a, a little league game, maybe restore your hope, your faith in humanity. Uh, but if you read the news, it's sometimes hard to maintain that faith, that hope, But I think we are here to be hopeful. I think that's what, you know, maybe we won't win the battle on Earth, but we're here to walk the journey and fight the fight. So that's what we're doing. And I'm talking about this. So this idea of being animalized. First, it started maybe 100 years ago with the dumbing us down. With the uh, messing with the classical education so that it eliminated the ability to think, to understand history, to understand civics, to understand persuasion, exposition, writing, speaking, debate, all that stuff is basically uh, deliberately excised from modern education. And now I feel like phase two of the process of getting us totally incapable of involving ourselves, of really participating in this democratic republic that we have that requires – vigilance It requires – that's why foreign affairs, like we should not be involved in foreign wars. That's the stuff of empire, even monarchy, but it's not democracy. We can't uh, – democratic republic, representative government, we really can't wade into those affairs because we don't understand them, and we don't need to. We have oceans. We have liberties. We don't need to involve – you know, to authorize our government to take the taxes and the weapons and change the course of other nations. We don't need to do that stuff. Uh, but we do need to pay attention to our government, and I always focus on defending the Bill of Rights. But it, it's really there to utilize to utilize freedom of speech to make sure you have privacy in your papers so that you can uh, mount political resistance. And I feel like we are living in an age right now, right here, that is systematically our you know the behind the scenes actors, the powers that be are systematically ticking off. Right by right in the Bill of Rights and the First uh, Amendment is really in the crosshairs. And I and I think that we need to um, be very careful by fooling for these excuses, left-wing nutjobs, right-wing nutjobs, radical Islamists, for flagging them as pre-criminals that need their rights taken away, that need to be censored, need to be blocked, need to uh, not have access to... Uh, Political discourse, which has now been completely funneled and directed through social media at the expense of other outlets. We no longer have those. We we don't react. We are so dependent on social media. I'm afraid if they take it away or censor it, it can really direct the political discourse. I worry about that stuff. 404 one 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I've been... Seeing a lot of people saying it came from the left, it came from the right. Whose fault is it? Is it Trump's fault? Is it uh, Michael Moore's fault? Whatever. Who is inciting these people? Is it, is it what I think uh, uh, the powers that be engineering us socially so that we're, our political power is neutralized? What do you think? 800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Sharon in Roswell. Hi, Sharon. You're on with Monica.
8: Hey, Monica. Well, I hate to change the subject matter. But that's okay. Good, Go but- for it. I never hear anyone discussing this, but I have a theory regarding Bill Clinton and Loretta Lynch on the tarmac, that infamous meeting. Yes. I I think it goes a lot deeper. I think it was all planned.
0: I never understood. I had no good theory of that, so I'm really interested in what you have to say.
8: Well, I think it was for the eyes of the American public. Uh, They knew that, well, I, I think Obama, Lynch, Clinton, whoever had the most to lose from this being thoroughly investigated, the Hillary Clinton situation, I think they had to stop it in its tracks. And they knew the media would pick up on this and report it to all of us. And we would go hysterical, which we did, because we hate for anyone to interfere in the the true American uh, investigations. But I think uh, the powers that be had to um, let people let it sink in and uh you notice that uh Loretta felt like she was compelled then to recuse herself
0: well she didn't recuse herself no No. what you're saying is interesting because I noticed that when Comey came out he said after that meeting she looked tainted so I went over her head and went right to the people so he did her a huge favor by taking it out of her hands
8: if you could call it a favor, I think he was controlled. Also, if she had recused herself, uh, the acting AG for that situation uh, could have called. She couldn't take a chance on that AG being uh, are able to call a, a grand jury, and they mo- they possibly could have. And yeah, that's interesting.
0: So I noticed that because she made the appearance of complete cooperation. Yeah.
8: And then she throws it to Comey. And I think they told Comey what to say to shut it all down. It's, it's,
0: I definitely uh, think Comey is acting. I uh-huh. think that he, it's like made up with him. And I also, but I think that, uh, he, you know, I think it goes beyond parties at this point because Trump plays into some of the things that Comey says. Why would Trump tweet, you better hope there are no tapes? Like, that's a crazy yes. thing to tweet. I knew that was a bluff. I
8: don't think there's a
0: tape. I don't but why but, would Trump say that? You know what I mean? So I feel like there's like at this level, I don't know what they're cooking up, but I feel like they're all in on it. It all seems like a play.
8: Uh I think some of the Republicans are definitely in on it because they don't want Trump to survive. They want him out of there.
0: Uh, I almost wonder I, I almost wonder I often I wonder, wonder if
8: they want to get rid of Pence too. So that then uh Ryan who's all into the Democratic way of thinking could be a uh, president
0: so i don't know uh, yikes wow i haven't heard of that yet sharon wow that's a that's a big one that's very interesting that's how the chain of command works right so the mm-hmm. speaker of the house is ne- next after the vp wow
8: yeah
0: they'd have so to take pence point. and trump Absolutely. out yeah. at the same time yeah take them all. oops sorry 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 say it again
8: I keep hearing little bits and pieces about they're going after Pence now, too. So.
0: Yes, and he hired his own lawyer. But what you're saying actually makes that, whether that's where it's headed or a diversion, what they want us to start thinking about, I
8: yeah. don't know. I think we're just in control. Uh, they're in control of our the way we think, our, especially the under 40-year-olds. Because I have a son I can't even talk to uh, about. Are you
0: going to defriend him on
8: Facebook? No. (laughs) We've made an agreement not to talk about anything political.
0: (laughs) For all the good things I've been saying about my husband on this show, he did defriend me on Facebook. (laughs) I think I I just, he says I make him think too hard. It's like, I work all day. I don't want to think. Stop. Like Okay, that's fine. Fair enough. I get that. But, yes, I do. I, I, that's an interesting one, Sharon. I'm going to have to mull that one over. Maybe I'll do that over the break. And then when I get back, I'm going to go to Mac. He uh, he thinks, I think he thinks there's some deep state action at work here. Let's let him flesh that out for us. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show.
2: Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
0: We have 88, tomorrow's high, 88 also. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air, and I have a weekend prize pack for you. Four passes to the advanced screening of Spider-Man Homecoming on June 28th at Regal Atlantic Station at in Theaters July 7th. And a family four-pack of Gwinnett Braves anytime tickets, good for any home game at Coolray Field. First to call 404 741 0, 750 gets those tickets, and let's let's get to a call. I'm going to Mac and Jefferson. Hi, Mac. You're on with Monica.
5: Hi, Monica. How are you?
0: Good. How are you doing? You're a New Yorker, just like me.
8: Yeah, um, I'm a damn Yankee now.
0: Yes, I know. I was totally like Yankees. Those are people from Boston.
8: <laughs> well,
7: yeah, we won't get into that. But okay, Dad, you know.
0: what do you got? I don't have. I I hate to say it, but. You know, the clock rules on radio. So what do you got? Um,
7: I think that all the liberals, no matter how hard you hit them with a hammer, you can't fix stupid. But this goes back. Obama said in 2008 he was going to fundamentally change the way the United States is. And we have too many in D.C. that are still on that agenda.
0: Yes, he said. I thought he said fundamentally transform this country, and I honestly believe that's what's happening. I actually believe that the Trump phenomenon is part of it. In that it will result in a backlash that that absolutely ends, smothers that brush fire that the Tea Party and the Liberty Movement started. Our right will no longer be an American right or a European right, um, and that you know when they flip the six, that's going to be such a, a. If they flip the six, that would be part of the domino effect they're going for. I believe that we are actually undergoing a fundamental transformation and it scares me.
7: Yeah. Without a doubt. The next thing you're going to hear is the terrorists are coming. Surrender your guns. We'll protect
0: you. And the terrorists are going to be domestic, like, uh, you know, extreme. There was one memo in Missouri a while back that said, uh, uh, how to find this was to the sheriffs in St. Louis, I think, how to find domestic terrorists. And one of them was Ron Paul bumper stickers, anti-abortion bumper stickers. So we're already been being teed up that, uh you know, Barry Goldwater said ext- extremism and defense of liberty is not a vice. So uh, you really are supposed to be anyway. They're they're the Ossoff election is coming up, and Binkley has been peeling the onion on what uh, I think he might characterize as the Ossoff deception. So he's going to give us his last installment of that after the break, but we're still going to take calls. 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show.
2: Monica Perez, on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB.
0: I am your libertarian voice on WSB. Saturdays from 3 to 6, so we're winding it down, and this is our last show before the June 20th election, uh, the 6th district. I mean, if you hear my voice, you've heard of this election. It's so significant nationally because I think it's going to be signaled if Ossoff wins as the first domino to fall in in. The reaction to Trump, but I think it's very significant. In we were talking before the break about the Obama's fundamental transformation of this country. I think the South was the place they they had to target the most. That's what they want. You know, this idea of states' rights still lingers, if if anywhere here. So Ossoff is is this you know great blue hope, and Binkley, my producer has just been digging in the way I dig into big stuff. He loves the local stuff and to really dig in. And and we have done some podcasts on it on our website, com. So there's tons and tons of stuff that Binkley's found that he thinks uncovers a kind of deep state backstory to John Ossoff. And I guess, so what, Binkley, your basic premise has been... That he comes off as this guy who is wants to portray himself as the anti-Trump, like a real classic liberal. where Fresh he's gonna,
1: leadership, independent, yes. going to Washington.
0: But that, yeah, he says independent, but he's obviously a Democrat. But but the thing that one thing that you know is kind of your classic liberal idea is government is used for cronyism. We need to tax people and redistribute and close loopholes and. Uh, All that kind of stuff so that this well-meaning, benevolent government can set nature right, you know, offset the horrible disparities of nature by moving the money around, you know, to where it really should be. So that's the idea. And uh, do you feel like he's kind of represents himself that way?
1: I think that's how he represents himself. But
0: you think that's a fraud?
1: Yes. I I don't think that uh, he's being honest with – members of the sixth district
0: so you've told me a lot of different things and this you gave me a little uh i think a new tidbit on this where okay so a lot of it traces back to his father he's a young guy he's like 30 john ossoff so uh his his successes are likely seem to be related to his parents influence Mm -hmm. and he had a business in england which did his father kind of seed that or what's the story with that
1: he inherited money from his grandfather that and John, he, okay, yeah, and he, he bought that business. But his dad incorporated what's called the World Investigates and uh, attached it to that company. And his dad is the registered agent of that company, so he he is a a registered agent can you know legally act in the name of the company.
0: Okay, so those guys are really um, partners in in some ways in business. And so when you say things about his father's deep state connections. People ridicule you or challenge you because that is not supposed to be an implication on John.
1: Right, and he never mentions his dad, ever.
0: Right, but it is because they are kind of in bed together. And then the tidbit that you told me about, I did find interesting, about the father's uh, primary business.
1: Yes, his dad, among many other things, the, uh, the law firm, the tax law firm, which happens to be President Trump's law firm, and it's a global law firm, generates billions per year. Won the award for 2016's Russia law firm of the year. They are on his dad's advisory accounting advisory board, and they work with him.
0: But da- but the dad's business is it? Is it not like a tax consulting business? They to teach help webinars
1: people? to people, basically, to help them avoid taxes by better understanding and knowing how to work tax loopholes. You know the loopholes that John says he's going to close up.
0: Right, and you have, and people do rightly challenge whether that should be a reflection of John.
1: Right, but you look at John's financial records and he's listed as a consultant for the same company. Or his father's company. Yeah. Is this
0: new information? Is that just came out because oh, I just
1: found that information. It's probably it. been out there, but I just found right. that information.
0: But why isn't anybody else kind of Because they're in? blinded
1: is... by the emotionalism you were talking <laughs> about earlier.
0: Oh, thank you for bringing that around to what is the actual topic of this show, and that is how vulgarity and now violence is is reducing us to being completely politically imp- impotent. And I think that it's going to. This is just the beginning of like the next level, leveling down from dumbing down to animalizing us. But thank you for that update. Can you vote in the sixth district? you live? You don't have to live in. No, the sixth.
1: I don't live in the sixth district.
0: So, and it's, and I did like that little line of Karen Handel's in the debate. I'm no fan. I, I don't, whatever. But, <laughs> but then she asked him who he was going to vote for and he can't vote.
1: Because he has to take care of his girlfriend. I thought he was about equal rights.
0: Oh, no. I think he meant he was emotionally supporting oh, her because okay. it's about emotions, my dear. Okay. We are totally getting off track now. <laughs> okay. Uh, I am going to go to Patricia in Fairborn. Hi, Patricia. You're on with Monica.
8: Oh, hi Monica. Uh first time caller myself. I uh, first time calling radio at all, but
0: <laughs> Oh, well,
8: um, it's
0: no yeah. big deal. I could never call in on the radio. I'd get so nervous by the time I got on that I would hang up and then look what happened. So I nearly we anyway. did. But, uh, Go for, but no, I'm no, no. Now. Give it give me what you got, Patricia. Anything
8: goes. Well, <clears throat> well, I I think um from what I've been listening to that um None of your callers kind of understand Trump because he's not an ideologist. If you're if you're not an ideologist, you're like a you know wet fish in Washington. Then nobody understands you. So, wanted to say. Is that okay yeah, with you? So that that was one reason I voted for him, and others voted for him. Is because he didn't. He he wasn't a politician. He wasn't groomed as a politician. He you know. And therefore, um, you know, people went for him because he ran on the platform of draining the swamp and trying to fix Washington. You think he's going to be able to know what a massive task that would be? Yeah,
0: is he going to be able to? Oh, so you think that it just it's not possible to do it?
8: Um, I think a lot of us. are a little bit aghast about um, the Republicans and how they are responding. We already knew how the other side would respond. Um, and yeah. in that regard, um, yes, uh, and which is why Pence now has gone and gotten an attorney. Uh, what I don't understand and uh, some others don't understand is why Trump hasn't just um, put him into this investigation. Instead of letting a special prosecutor come in.
0: Well. Because
8: when that special yeah. prosecutor came in, he he wants to get everybody's records. He wants to check into yeah. everyone.
0: See, so, I think, yeah, I, I, I know this is why you call saying I've got a tinfoil hat on. I actually, I think that this, that we are really living political theater and that they're that I almost feel like the whole special prosecutor, all of this stuff this completely it's like a circus sideshow is is well, it's, it's part a of reality it's show. partly
8: why? And the thing that it is is that just that Trump said what he did about having that tape to Comey to put Comey on notice that he better watch what he said during his testimony. So send him an email. uh, (laughs) Most people don't pick up on that.
0: He should have texted it and not tweeted it. You know what I mean? you got to know.
8: Because he knows his tweets go right to the source. And true enough... Even Comey said in his testimony he wore, woke up in the middle of the night worried about that tape.
0: <laughs> I know, but see that's where that's where I stopped believing it. Like that's where it all oh, really seems like drama. It really seems like acting to me, and I just I gotta I, I, I just that's when I start. I I just have to snap out of it and say you know what they're all in on it. The, the fact that we think. They're not, is just us being fooled. It's like the Truman Show. I actually showed my kids the Truman Show recently, and they were like, oh, now I get it, Mom. Now I get it. I don't know if they want to get it, but anyway. Thanks for the call, Patricia. I'm going to Charles in Duluth. Hi, Charles. You're on with Monica.
7: Hey, Monica. I agree with uh, everything you talk about. You do a wonderful, wonderful show, and propaganda report with Dinkley and all that good
0: stuff. Great. I, Thanks, Charles.
7: Oh, you're welcome. I just wanted to say that one of my best friends is a special agent FBI. And he says there's no problem of morale in the agency at all. In fact, three or four years ago, I think it was four years ago, when he was telling me that Director Comey was coming, I think, from the Atlanta office, and he didn't really want the job, but they kept asking him to, and and he finally took it. And my friend was uh, saying that uh, everybody thought he was going to be the the best director ever. And uh, right now it appears that both the right and the left are just hammering him And I fear for his safety. I hope uh, maybe he brought uh, former director Mueller in because Mueller, you know, can dig in and take over and maybe provide something. Or it's all just a a ruse to get a whole lot of lawyers a whole lot of money. That
0: could be. I always think that's what the gay marriage thing is about, that it was really a lobbying effort by the divorce attorneys. Uh, you know yeah. their business must be falling off because people aren't getting married anymore, and they're like, hmm.
7: <laughs> right. L, L, yeah. The,
10: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, very interesting. Thank you so much, Charles. I really uh, food for thought. I'm going to Sam and Marietta. Sam, you're on with Monica.
10: Hey, Monica.
6: How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Uh, about 30, maybe 35 minutes ago, you you mentioned the Boy Scouts and and uh, yes. some other uh, young. Well, I was a Boy Scout at one time. Uh, I didn't make it to Eagle, but I was proud to be. I'm still proud to be a Boy Scout. Yeah. Now, what's happening with our young children is, you know, they they go to these ball games, these little tee ball games, little little league games, and they don't even
0: keep score. Yeah, that's that just disconnects people from reality.
6: Yeah, they don't they don't know what winners and losers
8: are. And,
0: and you know, I don't care about competitiveness or winners and losers, but it's consequences. They need to understand that there are consequences, and it's the last. It's the first place I see the kids really grasping the result of effort, fairness, rules, just understanding something with objective structure that but they, they can don't, impact. They
6: don't. They don't teach that to ch- children anymore. And in 20 years, this country, if we don't turn it around, is, we've lost it. I mean, we have lost it big time. And I
0: think now's the time. All
6: these, all these little kids that go out there on the T-ball course and, and the little league course and, and soccer and whatever, they, they don't keep score. They don't even keep goalies.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I've seen that. Those are for the real little kids. But I will say, Sam, you're right. I've, I think that right now... All this noise, all the violence, all of it is just to get us to allow them to continue to take our rights away. And I'm talking specifically about the Bill of Rights rights, the rights that we are – that have been enumerated so that the government does not encroach on them because they are the ones that protect us from the government. Do not let them use radical Islam or left-wing nut jobs or whatever – Convince you. I mean, I don't know how to get beyond that. Somebody accused me in a comment online that I was a relief valve, that being here talking about it keeps people from actually doing anything about it. Please don't. Call. Call. If you have something to do, if you want to uh electrify people, motivate people, get them off the couch, call. Tell me. I'll advertise whatever uh action you want to take to uh, make sure that we stop this erosion of our rights. I want to take a break, but then I want to talk to Wes, who thinks Ossoff is a puppet. That's interesting. This is Monica Perez.
2: Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
0: Mostly cloudy. Showers and storms likely with a high of 86 Monday as the work week begins, but that could change, so stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I have like one minute for Wes and Marietta to give us a, his two cents on the 6th District. Go, Wes, you're on the air.
10: Hey, Monica, thanks for taking my call. Really enjoy your show.
0: Thank you. This, this,
10: just real quick, I, I've, I've lived in the 6th District my whole life, and it just, it's just a, kind of amazing to me how... You know, I hope the people here are not fooled by this guy, John Ossoff. I mean, I just, I just feel like, you know, if he was so interested in the sixth district, why well, doesn't he live here? Um, How old are you, you
0: know, Wes? I, I'm 52. So, do you did you ever know his family at all, or
10: N- no, not at no. all. I mean, I, I, it's I a just don't place. think the guy has any experience whatsoever. I mean, you know, to me, I think basically he was a government intern. I mean, uh, I just don't think he has any experience and why did he decide to pick the sixth district why didn't he run for something in his own district so
0: who do you think's really behind him when you say he's a puppet i think
10: it's, it's, a, well, it's the liberals the democratic party i think it's been to me it's pretty obvious it's the you know his funding's been coming from what uh, mainly other states i think it's the uh, you know the pelosis and folks of like that that are probably behind this, the guy and uh, going to do their agenda with him and you know i'm not necessarily saying karen handles the best but I think she gives the, you know, give us the conservative age in that in that area. So that, that's kind of my thought on the guy. I just think it's I just I just hope people aren't you know, kind of fooled by him. That's my Yeah,
0: that's my I thought. mean, and she she's certainly going to caucus with the Republicans if that's what you care about. But Binkley thinks that he goes even deeper state than that, not just Democrats, but kind of like the international power elite. We don't have time for that. So I do recommend our podcast on the subject and. We do a uh, new podcast every week, so check it out on PropagandaReportDaily.com. I will be back uh, with the Monica Perez Show on WSB next Saturday from 3 to 6. And in the meanwhile, you can we continue this conversation on Facebook and also lots of activity on Twitter at Monica Perez Show.